welcome to Our Social Impact, brought to you by the Prison Scholar Fund. The Prison Scholar Fund's mission is to provide education and employment assistance to help currently and formerly incarcerated people succeed and thrive in society while avoiding homelessness and the revolving door of reincarceration. The PSF also advocates for reform in correctional education to increase opportunity for all. As a nonprofit, we rely on investments, volunteers, and are always looking for board members to champion our mission. Please connect with us through our website at prisonscholars.org, where you can find volunteer opportunities, make a contribution, and learn about becoming a board member. You can also email us at info at prisonscholars.org and find us through most social media platforms at Prison Scholars. Become a patron by supporting us directly at Patreon with at Prison Scholars. We appreciate your review of this podcast through whatever platform you listen through. Without further ado, here's Dirk Van Velsen, founder and CEO of the Prison Scholar Fund. So welcome to our social impact. Today we have Claire Gorey, and she is... The co-founder of the DGN Empowerment Club, which is at my high school, Downers Group North. Okay, we can talk about that in a second. And right now we're filming from a startup incubator lab called 1871. And I think there's, what, 500 startups in here? Yeah, that's about right. Sounds great. So a lot of our social entrepreneurs we talk about are, you know, middle career, ending career, and you're kind of in the early stages of being a social entrepreneur. Yeah, definitely. I'm only 16 years old, so I'm a junior in high school, so pretty young still, but I have a lot on my mind, so... So tell me about that. What's on your mind and what have you done? Um, I'm really involved with an um, organization called March for Our Lives. And our mission is to harness the power of young people in America to create life-saving policies to end the gun violence epidemic. So I started a chapter through March for Our Lives, and I'm the chapter lead of the Downers Grove March for Our Lives chapter. So we work to empower other students into taking measures to end the gun violence epidemic. So we're in Chicago, which is a wonderful town. I've loved Chicago for years. And uh, what part of the city is Downers Grove in? We're about 20 miles west of Chicago, so we don't see the day-to-day epidemics of gun violence. We wanted to start the club in our suburb because it is important that we see what's going uh, going on around us, but we're not necessarily super impacted by it. One of the things we wanted to bring awareness to is that Chicago doesn't really get on the news anymore for a bunch of shootings because it's become so common and so normalized. We've just become numb to the gun violence in Chicago. And I think it's important for people to look at, of course, the mass shootings are super important, but it's also important to look at the day-to-day shootings that we have and just realize that it still is a problem and we need to fix that. And so how do you make a difference between mass and day-to-day? Mass shootings are involving a bunch of different people. It's normally one shooter, and then it's multiple casualties. But then in Chicago, um, there are day-to-day shootings like, you know, like just two-on-two people. And it's important. It doesn't get talked about as enough as it should be. So not many of the big organizations talk about the gun violence in Chicago. Yeah, it's funny. Like the guy I talked to a couple of podcasts before this one, he was saying that Chicago is like a map. If you fold it in half, it almost mirrors itself. Like... I forget which street he talked about, but, you know, south of whatever street it was, yeah. you know, it's racial and class segregation big time. And that's, it seems like where all the shootings are and no one really cares. Exactly. There's no, no investment in those communities. Yeah. And like a lot of people see it's, there's two different sides of seeing Chicago. There's the super like startup part of Chicago and it's super busy and happening and everyone loves it. And then there's also those neighborhoods outside of Chicago where <clears throat> 
And so like more rundown and not as much money goes into the communities over there and that's often overlooked. So we're trying to bring awareness back to those neighborhoods. So what's your favorite neighborhood? Is it where you live or do you, uh, do you travel outside that area? I love living in Downers Grove, but I love coming to the city too. My parents lived in the city for about 20 years. Um, so I like going outside of the main loop of Chicago and I love going to Bucktown and stuff like that. Yeah, I kind of heard that as long as you drive around in the daytime, things are okay. It's just yeah, kind of exactly. at night if you're in a gang, gang yeah. area. Yep. So tell me about the organization you started. Did you start it or is it just a... And is it like an informal organization, 501c3, or is it kind of a club? Tell so me about it. So March for Our Lives is a formal organization, and it was founded by the kids after the Parkland shooting in 2017, February 14th, when a gunman came into their school and shot 14 people. So that was funded by the kids. So they made a global or a nationwide movement, and throughout the country there are multiple chapters all over and we all work together and make a difference in our communities. So for the people that don't know about Parkland, talk about that. So a high school called Mar Marjorie Stoneman Douglas um, back in 2014 on Valentine's Day, they were in class and school was just about to end and a fire alarm was pulled. And so they all were evacuating the school like one does when a fire alarm is pulled. And there was a shooter who had an AR-15, which is an automatic rifle, and he shot and killed 14 students and teachers in that building in a matter of seven minutes. So after that shooting happened, you know, the country was torn apart because here we have a shooting that happens in a school, which is supposed to be a safe place, and it was in a safe neighborhood. So statistically, like, people were thinking, oh, this never should have happened. Like, it's just a fluke. But in reality, school shootings, they happen more often than we like to think, and they happen in safe towns. So it's we're trying to like break that stigma of people thinking oh it could never happen in our neighborhood like we're such a safe neighborhood but statistics have shown that it does happen and so they decided to rise up and go above and they said they wanted to end gun violence since our country right now isn't really doing anything to prevent gun violence so that's how that started so what do you guys do how do you how do you do that so it's it's an interesting organization because everyone involved in it is under 21 all the main people who started it and then all the people who um, host chapters, they're all under 21, so it's a kid-founded organization. And through that organization, we bring awareness to gun violence and we make sure that people know that gun violence does occur anywhere. It doesn't matter if you live in a super rich neighborhood or a super poor neighborhood, it's all around us. And we try to get bills passed. HR 8 was a super big uh, bill that we tried to get passed in the House of Representatives, which is uh, universal background checks, and that ended up did getting passed in the House of Representatives, and now it's on, going on to the Senate, which will be hard to pass because the Senate majority leader is Mitch McConnell, who is a Republican and doesn't like bringing up gun bills. Um, but so we do stuff like that, and we also use our like community to get involved. So it sounds like you actually have a sensible policy instead of like proposing to take guns away from everybody you just want to regulate them exactly sure the people that have taking away guns is not it's not our goal okay, and that's actually really important to say because a lot of people when they hear let's stop gun violence they think that you want to yank guns from people's hands exactly yeah so right now in america to get a gun you go through you like go and you get a background check so if they don't complete your background check in 30 days because background checks are so backlogged, you automatically can get the gun. Really? Yeah. Okay. Which is interesting. So we need to change that because people are slipping through the cracks, um, especially buying automatic weapons. You know, automatic, automatic weapons should be used in wars and people who use them for their jobs, but civilians should not be able to 
take hold of automatic weapons. So you make a distinction between what exactly, kind of weapon. Exactly, yeah. So it's great that you have kind of a sensible approach to making sure the right people have guns. And what else are you working on? I also started a club at my school called the Empowerment Club, and our mission for that club is to empower students through whatever they believe in. It's a nonpartisan club, so we want people of all backgrounds to come into our club and just be able to fight for what they believe in. And most of the people at my school, we are under 18, but it's important for us to get through to kids that even though you're under 18 and you can't vote, you do still have a voice in your community. So that's our big mission statement for our club. So this is really amazing. So when did you get involved in all this social activism, and when did it start? Wow. Um, You know, I've pretty much always been passionate about social activism, and I think a big part of it is growing up with my mom and my dad, who have always, like, encouraged me to be active in our society. So it's always been on my mind that I've wanted to do something with that. And especially when Parkland happened and March for Our Lives became the organization that it is, I immediately wanted to get involved because it's so important to me. And then... We wanted to start a club at our school, a March for Our Lives chapter at our school, but our school pushed back on that idea because they didn't want to have a club that was from an organization. So we decided to go at it from a different approach and do the Empowerment Club because it encompasses way more than gun violence. And they also pushed back on that. It was pretty hard to get our club started because they didn't want a social justice club at our school. But we kept pushing back and we founded it and it's been great ever since. It's fascinating. So you're already smashing bureaucracies. (laughs) Yeah. Good for you. Uh, and, it, and it sounds like you're really involved. So among your, your peer group, people that are your age, what, what's the level of involvement you see? So my friend group, we are pretty involved in politics. Um, my friend Gwen and I, we are the most involved out of all of them. She started the club with me. So we have, there's four of us who founded the club. So she and I are really involved in politics and getting our voices heard. So we decided to create the club together. Um, But as for the rest of our school, you know, she and I are the ones who are really pushing for a difference. And other kids at our school, they do go to stuff, but they're not as involved with us. But our club has about 115 members as of right now, which is one of the fastest growing clubs that North has ever seen. And how big is your school? um, It's about 2,000 kids. Okay, so 150 out of 2,000 is a pretty good number. Yeah. And then you kind of... uh, maybe branch out to other schools like now that you've kind of established a model of what this could look like we've tried to so our club is less than a year old so i think once we get this year under our under our belts we are going to try expanding to our sister school or our brother school so less than less than a year less than a year old 150 people already 115 115 yes yep nice so 115 people after a year that's great how do how do you attract people to the club We just appointed a new social media director for our team. And so we have our social media account is pretty big. That's how it started and how most people found out about our club. And then also we have a school club fair every year. So we went to our school club fair this year. And that's where we got a majority of our new people to sign on. And I think most of us all know that teenagers are super, super good at social media. Oh, yeah. So you have an edge there. Yes, yeah. So what accounts are uh, the good accounts? So we have an Instagram account called the DGN Empowerment Club, and then we have a Twitter account also called the DGN Empowerment Club. So those are our two big social media platforms that we use. And kids don't use Facebook anymore? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) What about like Tumblr or? Nope, just Twitter and Instagram. That's it? No Google or? Nope. YouTube channels? (laughs) No, not yet. So they have some outreach to do? (laughs) Yes, yep. So tell me something really exciting about what you're working on now. 
Right now we're working on making our school more sustainable because global warming is a super big issue that's impacting us right now and our school, we're trying to get better at bringing more recycling bins into our school. We're doing this program, oh, I can't remember what it's called. We earned our sustainability flag already through the program for our school, but we're working on trying to get to that next level of sustainability. So that's our big goal for this year. So I know Chicago just had a really big rally about uh, climate change. Were you part of that too? I went to one last year and it was really cool, but through our club we're not allowed to condone skipping school to go to rallies, so we want to follow the rules on that. But I went to one last year and I thought it was really cool, but the way it was organized in Chicago, it it didn't seem like it was getting that much attention, so I didn't go to this one this a couple weeks ago, which unfortunately I should have gone to that one because that one got a lot more attention, but I did not go. Gotcha. So what do you want to do with your club? What's your long-term vision? Do you want it to stay in the school and kind of like be self-grown by people there? Um, we want to definitely keep it in the school. We want to make sure it's a everlasting club. But um, if, you know, if we get, if we start branching out to other schools and helping other schools start their own, one of the big long-term goals would be starting an empowerment club group and groups and schools all over the country could have an empowerment club. But that's long-term goal, and I graduate in two years, so who knows? <laughs> so you're a junior. Yes. And where do you want to go to college? I am really ex I am looking at American University in Washington D.C. I love the climate or the political climate there, so that's where I'm looking at. It might. It sounds like it fits you okay. Yep. Yeah. So how's mom feel about you going to D.C.? Well, she doesn't want me to be too far away, but it's only an hour and a half plane ride from Chicago, so it's not super far. So what do you want to major in? Same kind of work you're doing now? Yeah, probably political science or justice, ethics, and law. So it sounds like you're super active in all this stuff. Were you part of the Women's March also? I was. I went to the first Women's March back in the beginning of 2017. The, the one in D.C.? No, the one in Chicago. Okay. Um, it was the day after Trump got inaugurated. So we took to the streets and that was kind of my aha moment i call it my aha gotcha moment because that's where i realized oh my gosh this is where i want to be this is what i want to be involved with and it was a life-changing moment to see everyone take to the streets and just empower each other so so you want to go to american university in dc have you been to dc before i have i went when i was younger and then i went with my eighth grade school trip and then this summer i went with my friend who started the club with and her dad and her dad is a congressman he's our congressman so through him we got to go onto that floor and the floor of the house of representatives and i got to meet all the different representatives from all over the country and it was awesome and we also scheduled meetings with our um senators staffers for legislation and we talked to them about the gun violence epidemic and what we can do to solve it that sounds fascinating who is who is your senator what was his name oh so we didn't get to talk to dick durbin or senator tammy duckworth but we got to talk to their staffers we got meetings with both um senator staffers so it was really cool so so you go to dc and how did you arrange those meetings so we send an email to Senator Durbin and Duckworth and they forward it to their staffers and we went through our empowerment club and we went as representatives of it and we talked to them about our visions for the future just based on empowering other students and also the gun violence epidemic. Sounds like the exact same way I got some meetings. <laughs> you just send an email, reach out, say exactly. hey I'm coming by, can I uh, swing by and say hello? Yeah. Very cool. What was your favorite part of the meetings? I really liked our meeting with Senator Duckworth's team. Um, they were really, in, they seemed really involved in us and intrigued. Um, Senator Durbin's team 
they weren't as excited to meet with us and it was a little bit harder to get out of them what we wanted to hear but Senator Duckworth's team was awesome and they gave us some really great ideas. So what was your uh, what was your pitch? Did you have just an informational session or did you have an ask? Or We did so we on one of our main questions was how do we get to bring the laws like HR 8 which is the universal background checks how do we get Mitch McConnell to bring it up in the Senate? And that was our big main ask of them. And it's hard because, you know, he doesn't like bringing bills up like that. But they gave us a couple ideas just to get the whole community involved in writing letters and saying, hey, look, these people, like, they, they want to back it from our town and then send it to him. Very cool. So what other campaigns are you working on? I'm also working on Sean Kasten's congressional campaign. So because I'm from Seattle, I don't know who Kasten is. So tell me about him and how, did, how you got involved. So Sean Kasten is our congressman for the Illinois 6th District. Before he became congressman, which was just last election season, um, our, our district was actually, has actually been Republican for the past 40 years. So he overturned our district in a super close race. He is he used to be a CEO of an environmental company and when Trump got elected he decided he wanted to do something and he started running and I started working on his campaign doing door-to-door -door knocking, letter writing, phone banking. It was a super grassroots um, political campaign and it was really awesome to get involved and now that he's been elected I have an internship with him and his campaign. Very cool and what's that going to look like? Are you working in the office in D.C. or here in the state? No, so it'll be, it's here in Chicago. I'm working out of the DuPage Democrat um, office in our town, and I do a lot of financial things for him, so donor history and stuff like that. And do you have a history in finance from high school? I, I don't know where what high school takes you to these days. No, I don't, but I'm just working on their finance team because that's where they need the most help right now. It sounds like you're very active. And what are your friends doing when you're doing this? So a lot of my friends are involved with the theater program at my school. They do su they support me, of course, 100% in all the political of all of my political aspirations. Um, they try to get involved as much as they can. I'm the one who will push for it and be like, "Hey, there's a march tomorrow. Let's all go." Or, "Hey, why don't you volunteer on the campaign with me?" Um, but they're super supportive. They love getting involved. So. I see that you're wearing a shirt that says resist. Tell me about that. What should we resist or what should, are you resisting? One of the big things is resisting what the Trump administration has like brought into. So I really didn't like when Brett Kavanaugh got appointed um, on the Supreme Court. So I resisted that a bunch and got kids in my school to resist that and speak out about that. And then also the government not doing stuff about gun violence. And what does it look like when you get people to speak out about it? A lot of it is through social media. Um, I use my social media to empower other people to get involved with different organizations and volunteer in different places, and then also just spread awareness of things that people might not be aware of. So you kind of have, have Twitter, Twitter wars with Trump? Exactly. D does that work? Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> it's just kind of fun to involve. Yeah. <laughs> so if you had a magic wand, what would you want the, uh, the resistance to look like? I think one of the main things is we can't solve anything unless we get a whole bunch of people together, all from different backgrounds and different ethnicities, different races, to solve one big problem. You know, we're not going to solve the gender gap with just women. It has to be everyone coming together and fighting for a common idea. Very cool. So when you get to D.C. and you're going to American University, what do you want to focus on? 
I want to focus on political science. Um, I'm not sure if I would ever run for anything one day, but I'm super interested in the like background of it. And so just like being interning as a staffer for a congressional person or, you know, working with a nonprofit would be super cool. So you want to be on the policy side of it? Or? Yeah. So it sounds like you started this social activism pretty young, um, and your family is probably pretty influential there. Do you have other role models outside your family that you look up to? Yeah, I do. I think Yara Shahadi is a really cool person. She is an actress. Um, she was on Blackish for a while, but she's also super involved in politics and making sure that young people's voices are heard. She's really cool. I look up to a lot of young activists because I can see myself sort of in them. So Emma Gonzalez, Lauren Hogg, those are students from Parkland who, you know, brought the media on attention on the gun violence epidemic which was super cool and then you know malala who's fighting for equal rights yeah she came to seattle i saw her in person oh, really? that was amazing lucky <laughs> so tell me about her what would you what do well, you like so i read her story when i was pretty young i can't remember how many years ago it happened when um she was shot but she's always been an advocate for gender equality and i think it's so cool to look at gender inequality from different areas of the world i like looking at stuff from a global standpoint not just a national standpoint and it was interesting reading more about what's happening over there than just in in america because there's so much our world is so much bigger than america yeah, it's funny if you look at the uh, the impact we're making it's kind of you can kind of break it down into neighborhoods, communities, states, the nation, the world. Like, what, how do you view your role in our world? You know, it's pretty small right now because not many people know who I am, but doing stuff like taping podcasts or being, I've been interviewed for different um, news stories. Just like doing the small stuff right now is helping, I think, our community grow because it's helping other kids say, oh my gosh, wait, I can speak out too. I can do stuff too. So. I'm just like in community right now. So you're leading by example, which is amazing. Um, who else interview you? Um, different rallies I've been at, different protests I've been at. I got interviewed at one of the climate strikes that I went to. And then we also, my a club and I, we hosted a rally last year to end the gun violence epidemic and to bring, you know, the gun violence to light in Chicago and just say, like, we're pretty close to Chicago, but we don't see the effects and make sure people know the effects of gun violence and what it has on communities. So So the first one, were you just kind of walking around a rally, a news reporter with a camera grabbed you? Exactly. Yep. So what did you guys talk about? We talked about how important it is for young people to get involved in the climate justice issue because, you know, we're the people who are going to be living on the earth longer than the people, like most of the baby boomers who are resisting the climate justice right now. But we talked about that and just how young people can get involved. So how did your friends view that when you're just presumably a regular normal person and all of a sudden you're on TV talking about climate change? Well, so it wasn't on TV. It was just a written article. Okay. But they were super proud of me. I went with my co-founder of the Empowerment Club, and she and I both got interviewed. And it was—I mean, it was awesome. It's another way to get our voice out there, especially bring it back to the bringing it back to the community, and empowering other kids. So, how you kind of mentioned a second ago? How do you feel that maybe the baby boomers created this terrible world, or didn't do such a great job stewarding it, and now that kind of left up to your generation to fix, so to speak? Yeah. Um, it's hard. A lot of the, pa the past election, the midterms, was a lot about getting the young people out to vote and how the baby boomers are sometimes trying to suppress our votes and the young people's votes. And 
you know, a lot of the things is like, we like to say that, oh, we're such a better generation. We're doing better things with like our activism. And, you know, we are in certain aspects. And then they also did a lot when they were our age too. It's just different, different time periods, so. So it sounds like gun violence and also climate change are kind of two of your focuses. Which one do you think is more important for you? Hmm, that's hard. I'm more involved in the gun violence epidemic. I'm more educated on that, and I think I've put more time into that. We have another co-founder of our club who's, you know, done the opposite. She's put more time into climate justice, and I think that's what makes our club stand out is that we have different people who are focusing on different things and can bring different inter- information to our club. So. Interesting. So when you get to D.C. and American University, where do you think your career is going to take you? Are you going to focus all your time on gun violence, or...? I don't think so, no. Um, gun violence is super important, but I also want to be able to branch out into other um, issues that I'm passionate about. So just anything really that encompasses my views. So there's one, you know, there's two sides of the issue. Like there's the political side, and it seems like nothing gets done in Congress. And there's also the private sector side. I think uh, Jeff Bezos at Amazon, they did a sweeping climate change proposal to, to address some of the greenhouse gases 10 years before the, the Paris Accord. Oh, that's awesome. So there's some things you can do. Yeah. I know there are organizations trying to get involved in ahead of the curve, which is awesome that they're doing that. But So you think there might be a path to the private sector for you? Yeah, I think it would be cool working with a company and getting them to be more, whether it's like environmentally stable or environmentally sustainable or like getting them involved in other issues. So tell me about the march you organized. So we organized a rally, our club organized a rally in our town um, to talk about the effects of gun violence on communities. And we had over 200 people in attendance and we had different people speak at the rally. And it was awesome. There were students speaking. There was a performance of a song written by Parkland students. It was me and my friends from choir and we did a performance of that and we had our congressman speak. It was awesome. So who, you organize this all yourself? Uh, with my club, yeah. So you got a space, you got equipment, you got vendors, yeah. you got st- the whole everything? Yeah, it was awesome. Who paid for that all? So we got a grant from March for Our Lives. They gave us $500 to pay for the space and any other you know, legal fees we needed to do. So. Amazing. Yeah. So what's next? Do you have another rally lined up? Not yet. Um, Since it's the beginning of the school year, we're just trying to focus on bringing people into our club and then also focusing on what we're going to do next. One of the things we want to start doing is debate watch parties for the presidential election and hosting those at our school just to get more students involved and aware of what's going on since this election season will be super interesting. Who are you pulling for the uh, elections? I'm not too sure yet. I haven't done my research totally, but I do like Cory Booker. I know some of his policies are a little bit kind of, they're interesting, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited to see how this election season is going to play out. I'm really, really interested. So which policies are interesting? The one about how he thinks that kids, as soon as they're born, should have almost like a trust fund set up for them through the government. And then once they reach, I think, the age of 30, they get access to it. So it's an interesting... That would be interesting. And who, who's going to pay for that? The government, supposedly. So. Which is the people. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, But I'm not sure. I haven't really done most of my research. So I'm waiting to see how it pans out and waiting to see who drops out of the race. <laughs> 
So it's great you got interviewed before. Is this your first podcast? It is my first podcast. I was really interested to do it and see how it all works. Um, and we're also interested in starting a podcast for our club and just getting some listeners to listen in on different student activists all around our community. Just get your voice out there? Exactly, yep. Sounds like you're good at the social media? Yeah. Claire Gorey, thank you so much for joining us. It's thank been a pleasure. You. Thank you. All right. Yay, it's a wrap. <laughs> How'd that go? Good. I think it went fine. All right. Yeah.